The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 25th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 25, verses 1 through 13, and can be found on page 1540 of your pew Bible. Matthew 25, 1 through 13. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy, and they fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come, out to meet him. And all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, no. They replied, There may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, Open the door for us. But he replied, Truly I tell you, I do not know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. My dear brothers and sisters in Christ, we are in the last few Sundays of the church year, and typically the messages to the end of the church year are messages of coming judgment. But that is not where the gospel for this week takes us. It, in fact, takes us not to the judgment, but to the wait for the judgment, or at least for the coming of the end. The message is not specifically about the division of the sheep and the goats, for example. That is coming up. Uh, we'll talk sheep and goats on the very last Sunday of the, of the church year, which is November the 22nd. No, today um, it's all about the judgment after a fashion. And so the theme today is, and so we wait. 
and so we wait. Now, the gospel is not, strictly speaking, a parable. It is an extended analogy. The kingdom of heaven may be compared to the way Jesus introduced the story, but like a parable, not every detail is significant, nor is everything in this parable about the kingdom of heaven. It's not like the kingdom of heaven, every word that he says. Actually, Jesus is comparing something very specific. The wait. Jesus is the bridegroom. We know that. Amen? And he is comparing the wait for the parousia. Parousia, Greek word that is used in the Gospel of Matthew over four times, is referring to the time when Jesus returns. And he compared the parousia to a custom at the time in Israel that would make sense, and that is the wait for the wedding party, which is specifically for the bridegroom to arrive, and then the wedding festivities begin. Now, we speak of the kingdom of heaven as the wedding feast of the Son of God to his bride, the church. So you can see the connection here. Our weight, then, is being likened to the weight of the virgins for the bridegroom to arrive for the wedding. The similarity is not in the numbers waiting or in the inequality, or rather equality, of the wise versus the foolish, and it's not in the relationship of the virgins to the ceremonies of that time. The likeness, again, is the weight. We are, after all, the bride. We are not merely onlookers or those invited to share the celebration and then return home. The wedding, the wedding is ours. The eternity of joy belongs to us by grace. The similarity is not to be found in the oil or the lamps, or even though oftentimes we talk about our witness to the Lord as being our light or seeing the, this little gospel light of mine, we bring nothing to the party. Jesus brings us and provides all that we need. That is to say, he provides us faith and hope the Holy Spirit, salvation, and whatever is part of our wedding feast. The similarity is found in the wait. Like the coming of the bridegroom in the story, the return of our Lord to bring this age to its conclusion is delayed longer than anyone ever expected. And we can be glad 
for that too. If it had come when it was first expected, well, we would not have been born. If it had come when it was expected, we would not have been born and we would have no part in the everlasting life that Jesus has prepared for those whom he has called to himself. And now that we are part of the story, we sometimes become impatient with the wait. While that is easy to understand, we have to remember how good it is that the patience of the Lord waited for us. And we need to understand that he still has others whom he delays the end so that they too may find their place in his grace. And so we wait. But the wait must be born. Does anyone like to wait? No. But the weight must be born. And just as the virgins in the story began to fall asleep as they waited, we sometimes tend to lose our focus. The world around us is very real and inviting. And some might even say demanding. And many people lose their focus on money and pleasure and pain, and sorrow, and success, and failure, and opportunity, and whatnot. It's all beckoning to us to lose our focus. The world says, you got to get busy living or get busy dying. You don't want to be so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good. I've had that saying thrown at me more than once. It becomes all too easy to say to ourselves that since Jesus has not returned in over 2,000 years, there is no real reason to expect him tomorrow. We think, I can feather my bed here and now and get ready for death and heaven later. Now the problem with all that, thinking that, well, I got time, is that it is truly unbelief. Jesus said he is coming, and coming on a day and at an hour that you don't expect him. Jesus may not come this week to end the world, but he may just come for you or me and end our participation in it. Of course, he, did, he could come and end the whole shooting match tomorrow. He could. You just never know until he comes. And so the point of the comparison is that you need to be ready for the wait. The foolish virgins in the gospel lesson were foolish because they did not prepare for the possibility 
of the wait longer than they expected. They failed to prepare for the wait, and when the bridegroom came, and they found themselves caught short. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> the oil for their lamps was their preparation. Ours is not oil. Ours is a focus on the Word. Ours is faithfulness. Our is the stubborn insistence that doctrine be pure and practice reinforce the faith, not undermine it or cheapen it and treat it like some silly party or meaningless nostalgia. Ours is to be prepared through the word for the wait. In another place, Jesus told the parable of the widow and the unjust judge to teach that we should always keep praying and never lose heart. And at the conclusion, Jesus promised that God will surely bring justice for his people. And then he ended that lesson with the words, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Our preparation for the wait must be steadfast and clinging to the faith, never surrendering the hope, never losing sight of the promises of God, and continuing to live in the light of love and grace of our Lord. Now, when Jesus returns or when he calls you out of this life to himself in eternity, there will be no opportunity to set things right, to get your head straight, to get right with God or any of those other euphemisms that people employ to avoid talking about the reality of life and death and the hereafter. Just as the foolish virgins missed the party because they were out buying oil for their lamps at the wrong time, people who come to the end of life or to the judgment at the end time without faith will find that there is no second chance. And they will hear these sad words, the statement that the foolish ones heard at the door of the wedding feast when they arrived too late. And that was truly, I say to you, I do not know you. The message of our gospel lesson is clear, and Jesus said it quite directly. That is, be on alert then, for you do not know the day nor the hour. We are ready for the delay, and be ready for the call to come immediately, because you just never know until it comes. And then it's too late to make preparations. And all of this is magnified by the gospel truth that God would have all men saved and that salvation is the gift of God. 
where there is no earning or deserving, just free grace, a gift. Jesus died, as we know, for our redemption, and God announces the free gift of forgiveness and life in the proclamation of the gospel wherever faithful preachers proclaim his word. That's why we preach Christ and him crucified and not other sideways things of the world. The task of those who wait is simply to hold fast to the good news and to trust in God, to be who he says he is, and to do all that he has promised to do. Like the virgins in the story, all there is to do is wait in faith, hoping, looking forward, and trusting in God. Now, we may well be tempted to forget. And some people quit going to church. And if you ask them, they will generally tell you that they still believe. They don't. Because Christians are drawn by the Holy Spirit to worship and to fellowship in the church. These people, they think that they believe because they are not aware of any change in how they think or how they feel. But you know that faith is not merely a feeling. It involves thought, but it is not just a set of attitudes. Now, people may not notice any differences in themselves because perhaps maybe they did never believe. But for most, it is the result of a slow dissipation of faith, slowly being compromised, slowly taking on the attitudes of the people around you. And instead of being the salt of the earth, one becomes that flavorless stuff that Jesus once said is only worth being cast out and being tread upon. Remember, faith is the work of the Holy Spirit within you by the means of the Word and the sacrament. And if you forget the word and you ignore the sacrament, well, the Spirit will inevitably depart, and with him, faith. Now, the foolish virgins were not evil. They were just foolish. They simply made no preparations for the possibility that the wait might be longer than they expected. Their lamps slowly but inevitably burned through the fuel that they had in them. And the foolish ones had brought none extra just in case. Now, 
the virgins did not dump fuel out or leave their lamps behind. They simply were not prepared for the wait. Christians who do not pay attention to their faith, who do not deliberately seek to keep their faith in line with the Scriptures, and do not regulate their values with God's Word, end up being slowly conformed to the values and the doctrines of the unbelieving world in which they live, and of which most of their friends and most of their family often are. And this is what Paul warns us about in Romans 12, too. He says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that the will of God is that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And now, 2,000 years after the death and resurrection of Christ, we cannot be surprised that the wait may be long. The larger challenge is to continue to maintain a sense of expectation. The time is long, and the hour is late, and we are, as Paul once wrote, nearer now to the last day than when we first believed. Now, on this Sunday, in this church year, right now, the message is, is twofold. That is this, that Jesus is coming again, and we need to be alert and focus so that we are ready when the call comes forth. And that call, behold, the bridegroom, come out to meet him. We want to be found aware. We want to be found awake. We want to be found prepared. And so, you heard it before, and so we wait. In the name of Jesus, amen.